Hello and welcome to Shoot the Hostage. I'm Sarah. And I'm Dan. We're a movie show that delves into a different film each week based around a theme. This season, the theme is cops. Like all good podcasts, this show contains explicit language and mature content, as well as major spoilers for the movie that we're covering. So, end of watch. Mm. That's what we're here to talk about today. That is what we're talking about today. End of watch, directed by David Ayer. Yeah. Came out in 2012. Did he write it as well? He wrote it. Okay. He wrote the script. He directed the movie. Sang um, the theme tune. I think he did the catering as well. <laughs> yeah. Props. All over the props. Um, yeah. He's got a... Not the greatest track record of movies, he which we were just discussing not. before we pressed record. <laughs> um, do we want to talk a little bit about sure. that first? Before, Let's talk about that. Or do yeah. we want to get straight into End of Watch? No, I want to talk about David Ayer and his many sins. The man, the myth. Cinema sins. Sinsima. Something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works out. We'll keep that. Sure. <laughs> so I suppose he probably broke onto the scene... Having written Training Day. Right. I see I've seen Training Day, but I didn't know he'd written it. I don't think I knew who David Ayo was until Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the best introduction to his work. No. I was aware that he'd written Training Day at the time. Obviously okay. directed by Anton Anton Fuqua. Sure. It's and a, I feel like you just swore at me in a different language but okay <laughs> Fuqua is quite similar to the word I would say in English sure oh fuck yeah no that's... I said it was that our first way of the episode <laughs> first of many oh, strap sure. yourself in it's going to get exciting we're on the same page at least you knew what I meant so training day he wrote Fast and the Furious apparently yeah I didn't know that either until I was researching for this yeah so what sorry let me rephrase he wrote Point Break <laughs> but with cars <laughs> after having watched Point Break which is odd because the person who wrote Point Break wrote Point Break twice <laughs> everyone just writes Point Break I feel like if you're a writer in Hollywood you've got to write Point Break at some point <laughs> at least once in your illustrious it's career in, it's in that book Save the Cat they're like yeah. right, before you attempt anything just write Point Break step one <laughs> <laughs> Save a Patrick Swayze yep um, so David Ayer most notable for his writing earlier on in his career. Yep. Training Day, absolute classic. Love it. I need to revisit Training Day. I've only seen it once. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's an ultimate rewatch okay. for me. Really good movie. Really enjoyed it at the time. Watch it a lot. Mm -hmm. So I was aware of the writer of that. I yep. think he did, he wrote and directed a movie called Harsh Times with Christian Bale. Yeah, which I haven't seen. Okay. Again, I feel like we're four shows in. And you've had the upper hand in every single one. You're you're the cop guy, apparently. <laughs> I'm the policeman, if you will. Yeah. I I well I like action movies. Like the yeah. action genre is one of probably my favourite genre. Yeah. But so naturally, I'm probably more versed in that 
in those types of movies. I can't wait until we do an all horror season so I can school you for a change. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that, you, can do, you can certainly do that. But Harsh Times, I haven't seen that, so describe it to me. It's like, it's a, oh, what's it, describe it to you. Christian Bale mm-hmm. wants to, really wants to be in the police force. Yep. But he just can't stop doing cocaine. He <laughs> loves cocaine. Then he should be a hairdresser. <laughs> do hairdressers do a lot of cocaine? Uh, my friend did when he was. <laughs> what's his name and his address? <laughs> um, he's he's a bit, if you can believe it, Christian Bale is a bit unhinged in that movie. No. He's a bit of a psychopath. He wants to join a police force. I won't spoil it. The plot of that movie, but it's just about him. I think it might have be, it might even be set over the course of one day, okay, a very short period of time at least. And he's just going a bit nuts, I guess. He got bits of falling down, bits of training Ooh. day. Um, I like falling down. I really liked it a lot when I first saw it and bought it. Mm-hmm. Watched it since. It's okay. It's it has its problems, um, but it's it's okay. Christian Bale being a complete psychopath. He's Always fun, yeah. yeah. Did he go full method for this one? I doing cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> I assume so. I would assume maybe yes. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> we've got to be careful. Parody, parody, <laughs> parody. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. <laughs> so harsh times, and then you get into shit like um, Street Kings, which I was really looking forward to. Again, but haven't not, seen it. Not very good. It's got Keanu Reeves and House. Oh. In it, House plays a, I think he's the police captain for some reason. Okay. So you've got a Hugh Laurie in it. Sabotage, which was awful. Sabotage? Do I know that one? Arnie. Um, oh, no, I who's, don't. Who's that guy that they tried to make happen for a while? Worthington. <laughs> oh, no. Tim Worthington's in it. Tim? Yeah. Do you mean Sam? The Avatar guy. Oh, Sam I knew Worthington. It was a, I knew it was a three-letter word. <laughs> Tim, <M>. Sam, Tom, <laughs> Dan. Uh, yeah, Bright is another one. Oh no! Which was Awful. Bad. Yeah, written by Max Landis. That one, I think, wasn't oh, it? Oh no! Yes. Isn't is Mac, Max Landis is um... a bellend? Yeah, <laughs> I was searching Stupid for the correct. Bellend. I was searching for the correct word, and you beat me to it. I believe so. Okay, that's what I thought. Fury, which is really good. I haven't. I'm so ashamed to say I haven't seen that because I've heard really good things. Yes, it's not a realistic war movie. Okay, but it's 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 interesting because we were talking about Michael Bay on the last episode and the the tone deafness of taking on Tom Harbour. <laughs> yeah, but it works in this movie because it's it's quite stylized, it's quite unrealistic. However, you're telling a kind of true I don't know how true it is, but a true ish story. Okay, set in a tank, and it's just about the tension between a lot of them in the tank and some really good action sequences in it. Is this the one that Shia LaBeouf pulled out a tooth for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he found the uh, the process so stressful. He described it as, uh, it was like pulling teeth. But he took it a bit too literally <laughs> and, and actually yanked his teeth out. Now, I think he just was trying to get into character, right? Because yeah. he just... Because it, he's insane, If you're allegedly. in a tank movie, you have to remove a tooth and not shower for three months. <laughs> and offend... All your co-stars' senses yeah. for the entire duration. Yeah, let's not get into Shia LaBeouf. 
And that's about it. He did another one with Shia LaBeouf, actually, called The Tax Collector, which I've heard terrible things about. Same, so. yeah. I've never <laughs> seen it, but I have heard uh, it's it's not so great. Maybe we'll cover it one day. Okay. Just for a laugh. Um, Is it about an actual tax collector? I believe it's a sequel to The Accountant. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> ben Affleck screwed up The Accountant. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a theme we could pigeonhole it into. Ben Affleck. <laughs> Numbers. <laughs> he screwed up the tax return and then Shia LaBeouf has got to come and collect the, the the tax that he didn't allow for. This is a very strange cinematic universe you yeah. just created. So that's that's about it, isn't it, for David Ayer and... Yeah, his... we haven't even talked about Suicide Squad, though. I mentioned oh my God, it, but I've... we haven't talked about the it. The picture's right there in front of me. Yeah. And I just... It's like I couldn't see it. It's like yeah. my brain's just pretending that movie doesn't What's the opposite anymore? of... Tunnel vision. You've got blinkers for Suicide Squad. (laughs) Sky vision? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Suicide Squad 2016, which obviously is not a very good movie. I'm going to be the first to say that it's not great. It's a dumpster fire of a film. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Uh, It's not good. (laughs) And I know it's controversial. Um, Is it? Everyone That's the it, least controversial thing you've said. I think said. everyone loves the Suicide Squad 2016. Everyone loves Jared Leto's take on the Joker. Oof. They just love that Oof. he's got damage tattooed on him. And like all of the Harley Quinn stuff is just brilliant, isn't it, in that movie? And you've, the, 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 the villains are eyeball monsters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I can't even be bothered to correct you. That's why. That's how little of a shit I give about Suicide Squad. There's only one Suicide Squad movie now, but you know how yeah. how the Snyder Cut kind of got made. Mm-hmm. Apparently, David Ayer has been harping no. on about a bigger cut of Suicide no. Squad, no, which nobody needs to see. Get fucked, Ayer. Well, especially as we've now got the the only version of Suicide Squad, which is the, the James Gunn one, yeah, which was brilliant, the one that we deserve, yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't, don't know about that. It's the one that we got. I don't know if we deserved it. It was genuinely a fun time. Yeah. And did so much to highlight everything that was lacking in Aya's version. Absolutely. That, 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 the Aya cut is never happening. I Although, bloody hope not. I, I, I said that about the Snyder cut. I never thought that would happen. But I think that really only happened because of the pandemic. That was Do you a, think? Yeah, it was. I think so. I think HBO Max was launching and they were like, what have we got? We can spend like 70 million and get a prestige movie that's going to get a load of subscribers. And they ended up spending like 100 million or something on reshoots. Uh, wow. But it, it worked. It was better. It's yeah. way better. Yeah. yeah. It was way better. And, and it, I, dare I say, felt like a kind of breezy four hours. Yeah, it did. It's it didn't feel like a slog. Four hours and it's the aspect ratio, the four by three aspect ratio uh, can be a bit. Bo- bit uh, bothersome sometimes but once you get into it you don't notice it mm-hmm. so i had to get over that i had to get over the length of it and your Iceland- icelandic folk music <laughs> four minute long sing-song bit that like, the aqua was singing about aqua aquaman is here or whatever they're singing yeah i'd forgotten about that <laughs> yeah. but a lot of it worked i thought it was a, a vast improvement but then again you know you're trying to improve on Justice League 2017, the Joss Whedon one. I think your cat could have vomited on a carpet and I would have found that more entertaining than that movie. So do we want to get into End of Watch then? Because that's yeah, what we're here to talk about. It is. Do you want a synopsis? Yeah, get, blast me with a synopsis. I'm going to give you the synopsis off the back of the Blu-ray case because this was a first time watch for me. Mm. 
And the only knowledge I had... So do you remember me saying... Did I call it the 9-11 movie at one point? (laughs) (laughs) I think I may have done when we first started talking about covering it. And I was pretty convinced that I'd mixed it up with a different film. And it wasn't until doing my research this week that I definitely thought this was World Trade Center. (laughs) Ah, Is Michael Peña in that? Yes. Right, okay. Um, And Maggie Gyllenhaal is in it. (laughs) Right, okay. So it's got a Gyllenhaal in it. I can see how you got there. This is not the 9-11 movie. It's not the 9-11 movie, No. no. Um, but yes, first time watch for me. I knew very little about it other than the cast and the synopsis that I read online, which was so wildly misleading mm. that it really affected my viewing. Yeah. And we'll get to that later. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do the superior synopsis off the back of the Blu-ray case that I wish I'd read first. Hit me. LAPD police officers Brian Taylor and Mike Zavala are bonded by friendship and a crusade to clean up the violent streets of South Central Los Angeles. Their mission is to serve and protect. Their objective is to survive until the end of watch, that last moment in an officer's patrol when he's finally off duty. But when a routine traffic inquiry results in them seizing a large cache of weapons, Brian and Mike are marked for death by a notorious drugs cartel. Thrown into a world of mayhem and carnage, both officers are forced to risk their lives in the name of the law. Yeah. Which is still a little bit, well, I don't want to say misleading. It's not misleading, but it's not necessarily representative of the film that you get, because that sounds like a film with a plot. Yes. <laughs> which this is not. It doesn't really have a plot, does it? No. It kind of meanders around a bit. And I feel like that was part of the design of it. Yeah, no, I I absolutely understand the appeal and kind of, uh, although it affected my first time watch of it, and I'm sad about that, actually, because I think I would have got more out of it had I known what to expect. Um, I still completely understand why they went in that direction. And actually, it helps to set it apart from the huge number of other cop thrillers that are out there. Yeah. It was. It felt like it wanted to be a kind of a realistic take on what it's like to be a cop yeah. in Los Angeles, and it starts with a. Uh, it, it kind of meanders around a bit, but it starts with a, a chase, and and Jake Gyllenhaal is doing a voiceover, and he's yeah. talking about oh, yeah. arrest you and you know, even if also, I don't agree with the law, I will uphold the law. All of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and. And then he goes into saying, but also I'm a human being, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But you are following just their kind of day-to-day life. Yeah, over, over a the period of, of an like... hour. A- an hour of the movie, not an, yeah. not an hour Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I was just going to say, it does not happen in real time. Yeah. <laughs> somebody gives birth and yeah. somebody else gets married. This is a very busy hour. Busy hour, yeah. Quickest pregnancy <laughs> ever. So it kind of meanders around a bit, but it kind of has a couple of action bits in it. Mm-hmm. But most of the action is in the final third of the movie. Yeah. The first three quarters or the first two thirds, you're kind of just following them. Yeah, just kind of getting the conversations to know them as they're having. Yeah, it's all shot like a kind of a found footage-ish kind of. I, right. Let me let me say this straight off the bat. Then um, now that you've mentioned the F word. I'm not a huge fan of the found footage genre. The bulk of it obviously exists within the horror subgenre. So I was absolutely not expecting to see a found footage cop thriller. Mm. That really threw me. Yeah. And I 
I'm a huge proponent of like, if a found footage movie to me is done well, it's because it really embraces that format. Okay. Like a Blair Witch or a Willow Creek. Willow Creek is hugely divisive. Don't get me wrong. Is that is that the the the, the Yeti one? Goldthwaite Bigfoot one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. I'm sorry. No, Yeti is in this. <laughs> Sasquatch. Um, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that, and that to me. Uh, those kind of films really showcase the strength of found footage because it's found footage in the truest sense of the word. It is footage that somebody could have found. Nobody found a footage in End of Watch. No, but this this is what I mean. Found footage films like... um, End of Watch. Like End of Watch or The Sacrament, for example, that are quite clearly edited together with a soundtrack. (laughs) I get it from a movie-making point of view. I understand, like, you want the score in there to guide people's emotions. Mm. It it makes sense. But to me, that's not found footage. No, it's not, not in the truest sense of the word. I think probably... It was a bit of wanting to have your cake and eat it a little bit because I I feel like you lose something with found footage movies ultimately because it's about well you've got to explain it somehow yeah. you have to have you ha- some yeah the conceit of the fact that they're continuing to film despite all this insane shit that's going down yeah so they kind of start this movie and Jake Gyllenhaal is like oh I'm making it like he's a film student <laughs> or something yeah and he's like trying to be cop Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> The cheesy sort of YouTuber to camera stuff that yeah. really rubbed me <laughs> up the wrong way. Yeah. Yo, you're <laughs> back with Detective Brian Taylor. Oh. Top G. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to have some reason. So he's saying he's mm. making a documentary. But then you get to the drug dealers and you're like, why are they filming each other? Yeah. <laughs> are they also making a documentary about, like, violence? They're, they're in the same film school? I think so, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all actually classmates, but yeah. that was a that was a cut scene. Yeah. They didn't know that at the time, because they sit on the other side of the classroom. Ah, it's just coincidence. Right. Like they okay. shot at each other and they're like, oh, I know you. <laughs> you sit in very often, you know. You swat. <laughs> um, but yeah, I but I feel like with found footage stuff, you lose something because obviously part of the language of, of film is is the way that something is shot. Yeah. Whereas with found footage, you could you have to shoot it from the perspective of whoever's meant to be shooting the footage Mm -hmm. so it's potentially something lost there i thought mostly it worked in this film it didn't get too tired for me and do you know what after a while i just sort of didn't really think about it anymore yeah it was definitely something that required a bit of an adjustment and like you say i got used to it the more the film wore on um and actually another one of my big kind of bugbears about found footage is when people have cameras on their person yeah um, there was a film called The Conspiracy a few years ago. Um, yeah, that I, I remember believe that you've one. seen. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember, I think I watched that at Fry Fest. And I just remember towards the end of the film, the two principal characters have like uh, hidden cameras on their ties. Yeah. But the way the footage was being captured, they would have, it was, it was as if they were moving their heads. Yeah. They would have had to angle their entire yeah. body around to capture the footage. So, like, me picturing them moving really weirdly just yeah. fucking ruined that portion of the film for me. Just running down corridors like Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> but they kind of get around that. I feel like they dealt with that a bit better in this. Yeah, it was fine. It was kind of, It was weird because I wonder what the reason was, whether it was a creative decision to try and capture more realism, because the yeah. dash cam stuff was great, the gun cam stuff was good. I mean, there's... 
So fan footage to me is almost a bit like playing a video game. Like there's a sense yeah. of immediacy there where you sort of feel like you're plonked into the action. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, and obviously the lack of editing, there are fewer cuts. Like uh, the shaky cam leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. Um, and obviously there was a huge kind of boom of fan footage films about, what, 15 years ago? Yeah. 15, 20 years ago when like anybody could make one for next to nothing. Yeah. Um, so the, the the genre kind of it got pretty old pretty quickly. But this is definitely one of the better examples. Despite the fact there were so many occasions throughout this film when I found myself going, who the fuck is filming this? Yeah. No yeah. one's filming this. Yeah. This is just regular footage that like, I don't know. It didn't bother me too much. I don't want to harp on about it. But yeah, there were certain moments where it's like, is it a fan footage or isn't it? You ca- It feels like you can't decide. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it, they, that's why. And I think that's what I meant when I said they wanted to have their cake and eat it a yeah. little bit. Which, uh, it's fine. It's As a stylistic fine. choice, I can forgive it. But it did annoy me during the first watch. I, I, I wonder if it was... An intentional thing, you know, I want to capture the realism or whether it was because we've only got $7 million. So how are we going to make this as quickly as possible, as cheaply as possible? Because it was 22 day shoot, which is, which is proper short. It's not a long time. No. So it must have been quite an intense 22 days. And I yeah. think, I think there's probably a lot of like, obviously we saw a lot of nighttime footage. So yeah. a lot of night work, probably just 22 days of hell. Yeah, it's kind of insane when you um, read about how much prep they did for this Um, because apparently like uh, Gyllenhaal and Peña spent I think five upwards of five months doing research for the project and like doing ride-alongs with actual cops. Yeah, Gyllenhaal saw a murder on his first night out. He did, good lord. Yeah. Yeah, that would be genuinely traumatic i think i might have backed out of the project at that point so he's got some stones on him i'll give him that yeah um but yeah so the, so the preparation it sounds like they had to do was far more intense than the than the filming itself maybe yeah i think so what do you think of the cast i really enjoy the cast Did you, for the most overall? part yeah i um obviously grillo Grillo. We love a bit of Grillo in Frank, this house. The first Frank Grillo movie that we're covering on this podcast, and definitely not the definitely last. Definitely not the last. Yeah. <laughs> because we'll probably talk about Lamborghini at some point. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I haven't oh, seen we're it gonna yet. we're going to do car theme, aren't we? Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, Frank Grillo. He's he's always, like, I was going to say dependable, but that sounds like a an in, borderline insult. He's great. I think he improves any movies. One, one of those actors, he's in the two best Purge movies. Agreed, yep. He's in some of the best Marvel movies. I mean, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier and Civil War. Top yeah. five. Yeah, exactly. He just improved... Wheel Man, let's not forget that. <laughs> I was trying to forget that. <laughs> yeah, no, Frank Grillo's great. I love him. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. And he has some He has uh, some good dialogue in this. Sarge. Sarge, yeah. He doesn't get an actual name. Unless no. Sarge is his name. <laughs> yeah. But is he a Sarge? Is he just Sarge? Sergeant Sarge? Sergeant Sarge. Sarge Sarge. Yeah. <laughs> David Harbour is also in this. I movie. was so shocked. I didn't know that. I don't. I think when I saw this, I had, you, you know, didn't know who he was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, he was in Suicide Squad as well, wasn't he? So He was. He yeah. worked with David A. 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 a couple of times. That was hard to say. Um, yeah, David Harbour is somebody I am usually very pleasantly surprised to see. Yeah. Um, I enjoy his performances very much. Kind of underwhelming in this, if I'm being honest. He wasn't given a great deal to work with. He didn't well, he didn't get a lot to do. No. But I feel like I knew who his character was from his line delivery. Because yeah. the first he's very time, sort of by the book. The first time we see him, he's trying to say to Jim Hall, you know, don't film in the police mm. changing room. Or you shouldn't film in a changing room at all, actually. I think, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's frowned upon. Um, what was that hotel movie about when he had the cameras everywhere? Maybe it was that situation happening. Do you remember that one? I don't remember that. Which, Vacancy, maybe? Or? No, it wasn't Vacancy. Although that does happen in that movie, doesn't it? I believe so. It's yeah. probably been done a lot. <laughs> anyway, where was I? What was I talking about? <laughs> David Harbour? David Harbour. David Harbour. Yeah. I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. Given his limited screen time, yeah, he felt like he was a bit wily. He was kind of fed up with the system. Yeah, I, I guess a bit of a misery guts. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think maybe I'm, maybe my disappointment comes not from his um, what he was given to work with, and more just that he's not in it very much. Yeah. So, like, how much can you really flesh out a character that gets? Two minutes collectively of screen time. Yeah. No, agreed. Bring it more David Harbour in anything. Yeah. Violent Night 2. Can't Viol- wait. Yes. <laughs> who else is in this? Anna Kendrick as a 13 year old. Who looks <laughs> genuinely like she, a teenager. Do you, know, do you know how old she was? When I'm sure she was in her 20s. She was like 27. Yeah. But she, when she Absolute appeared on screen. Absolute baby face. Honestly, I was like, is she 12 years old? Yeah. This, this feels inappropriate. It, it really did. <laughs> But she was great. She's so intensely likable. Yeah. Again, in everything. didn't get that much screen time. No, sadly. And I feel like I didn't know... What did we know about her character? I feel like... She's called Janet. She's called Janet. <laughs> I she, remember that. She likes to look through your wallet she's while you're nosy. sleeping. She's nosy, yeah. yeah. Um, she's very clever. She loves having being pregnant and having babies. <laughs> She, she does love babies, yeah. yeah. She likes small humans. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like she she didn't get enough to do really. I, maybe there was. I don't. I did watch the, the, some deleted scenes that were on the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and she, there wasn't much more Anna Kendrick stuff. Okay. So I wondered what they kind of could have done more with that character. But ultimately, it is about the two leads. It is about yeah. Michael Pena, and it's a cop movie. It's not about. The cops' partners, so I yeah. can absolutely forgive that. But it might have been interesting to explore, you know, how partners of police officers are affected by the actions. Yeah. Because I mean, they they touch on it, but they don't delve yeah, too deep. Exactly, like it's like, oh, come on, if you're going to do it, maybe let's do it. Yeah. But most of this movie is them just driving around, a bit like bad boys, saying bitch and fuck <laughs> and bro. Oh, there's a lot of bro in my god. Movie. The word fuck has lost all meaning. <laughs> I know I, I commented on this while we were watching it. Like, I could not believe, especially during the scenes with the, the gang kind of driving around or in their backyard or whatever. Yeah. It was every other word. And I'm a huge fan of swearing, but that was insane. Yeah. And I read in the trivia that the word fuck was used 326 times throughout the film. Okay. <laughs> which 
means that this film is 10th in the list of overall profanity Ooh, in movies. What's the first? Oh, I don't know. Spaceballs. Spaceballs! <laughs> I don't think we're saying fucking Scarface is going to be up there, right? Oh, yeah, Scarface. But, that, but this, uh, this beats Scarface, I believe. Oh, okay. Because it wasn't... Sc- I, I might be completely misremembering this, but I feel like Scarface was 182 because I think that's where Blink-182 got that half of their name from. Oh, was the number of times a, that fuck was said in Scarface. 182. I don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'm going to quote you on it. I'll need to verify I've it. already just tweeted saying, <laughs> I did say it very confidently, <laughs> which means do not believe everything you hear. But yeah, so it, it kind of meanders around a little bit. You get, to know or you get to see kind of what they're doing day to day. Yep. They're obviously part of the community. They know they're familiar with the regular people. They know who they are. You do see them stopping a few crimes. There's a lot of child children in peril in this movie for some reason. Um, I wondered what that was about. Do you think it was maybe something to do with the fact that they're young and they're both kind of starting a family of their own. In their, oh, maybe, yeah. Because they've obviously, they obviously, you've got the cupboard kids who have been <laughs> gagged and, and tied up. And yeah, I'm not covered. laughing at that. It's just the phrasing of it. I don't think you needed to clarify out. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the children of the cupboard, and I'm not talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> and then you've got the children in the fire. They go, they, they um, arrive yeah. at the scene that, that there's a house on fire and there's a woman uh, yeah. hysterical. Well, and, as you would as be. As you would be, <laughs> yeah. And she says, you know, my kids are in there. So they, they run in or Michael Pena's character runs in first. Jim Hall follows. And that's a really good intense scene, I thought. Yeah. Really good edgier seat. You don't really know how this is going to turn out. I mean, the, the pockets of action throughout are all really well done. Yeah. I just expected it to be more cohesive. That's my only criticism. But that's based on expectation alone. That's not a genuine criticism yeah. of the film. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I totally agree. And that's why, like, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite good. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite a four-star movie. It's not quite... It's just a bit better than a three-star movie. Like, we're skipping to the end. Yeah. But the reason <laughs> that I'm bringing it up now is just because there aren't really many threads that carry through the movie it's like no. this thing this thing this scene and then final final bit i mean it's it's just more about like you said kind of some days in the life of yeah and their kind of male bonding moments um the snippets of their life that you see outside yeah. the police force yeah. and kind of touches on how their life outside of it is impacted by it and yeah then all the really fucking gnarly shit that happens while they're on the beat. Yeah. I just going back to that the the fire rescue scene. So yep. Pena, they both go into the building, and they rescue two kids, and they come out, and mm-hmm. the, the, the mum's like, "Oh no, there's where's the third? There's one more." And they're like, "For fuck's sake!" <laughs> it's like when you're trying to clock out at work at five o'clock, and your boss is like, "Quick meeting." You're like, "Fucking really now?" <sighs> You're going to hit the traffic. <laughs> Except slightly higher stakes. <laughs> slightly higher, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really good intense scene. I really, really yeah. liked that. But just going back again to mm-hmm. the other child, uh, cupboard, children of the cupboards scene, <laughs> that, uh, there's a deleted scene in the police station mm-hmm. where America Ferrara's character is given, giving Judge and Hall, Mark Pena's character, is a bit of stick like, you know, the kids that you rescued from the cupboard, they're really grateful that you 
rescued them. It'd be really cool, like if you came down on one of your days off, like a bit fucking cheeky. Like, are you serious? <laughs> My day off. I'm going to Greg's, and I'm, anyway. <laughs> the, so then she's like, "Yeah, it'd be cool if you go down and visit the kids and stuff." And they're like, "Oh, really? Like, I don't, I don't really know." But I thought that was interesting. I would have preferred that scene to come in number to stay in the movie. Number one, because America Ferrara is really good in that scene. It would have given them her a bit more still in the movie. Yeah. And also that it carries on like a thread as well because you're calling back to a previous event. You kind, of, you kind of feel like once a scene is over, like that's it. That scene, yeah. scene is like gone now. It doesn't really, you're on to the next thing and the next thing. And, and maybe by design, I, I didn't hate it. It just maybe would have been a bit better if that things did follow through and they were, there was like, a, some of those things did come to fruition in some way. Yeah, I, I think I would have enjoyed seeing that for different reasons as well, because... I think there's maybe a slight misunderstanding of why a lot of people go into the police force. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think the assumption can be they want the glory. Yeah. So them sort of having done the brave thing and then turning down the glory part yeah. would have been quite a nice addition. That's, yeah. you know, uh, just shows the contradictions that are possible as well. Yeah, you could have gone down that road. It was interesting because, you know, she was kind of saying... Yes, you can rescue people, but it'd be really cool if we can help people in the community before it gets to a point that they become criminals yeah. and stuff. You know, someone gave me a chance, someone pointed me to the badge and, you know, it worked for me and I'm here and I'm a good guy. So let's try and get to these kids a bit younger. Let's help. Let's let's rescue babies from burning fires <laughs> and also let's rescue them from metaphorical fires <laughs> and the dangers of growing up in uh, inner city life. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes me think of Flight of the Concourse <laughs> in a city life. Um, but also in that in that scene, there's a good good bit of Grillo work in there as well. So, oh, like, uh, so that's the real reason that's you're starting to hit the cutting room floor. Yeah, I wish it. We just had more Grillo. It would have got another another star this movie. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you talk about um, America Ferrera actually because um, I was going to bring her up when we were talking about the cast. Mm, right. I think including female officers was a good move. Uh, yeah. I would have liked to see more of them because they felt a little bit two-dimensional. Mm. Um, Cody Horn specifically. I only really know her from Magic Mike and I hated that film. Okay. Um, she was fine, but she was very one note. It's just like, yeah, I'm a double-ard bastard, you know? Yeah, just yeah. um it, I would say like the women were kind of coarser than a lot of their male counterparts. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like something they feel is necessary in that industry or if it's just bravado to try and fit in and prove themselves or I, I really would have appreciated more of an explore, exploration of that. Yeah, it would have been good to just have more stuff in the station where naturally you can get just people coming in and out, Harbour, Ferreira, yeah. you know, all of those characters and just get a bit more of that. There was, I thought, you know, the movie is about the two main characters, yeah. so I get it. But, you know, talking about a movie that this isn't, that mm -hmm. I would rather it was, is that <laughs> there would be more of that stuff, more, yeah. more, more police station stuff. Agreed, agreed. And it doesn't even have to be like the minutiae, like you said earlier, you could have had stuff tying it into the action scenes that yeah. we see as well. Yeah. Fleshing I, those out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there's some scenes that are between the two leads that, felt kind of odd to me. And then I, I remember, I think while we were watching it, there was a bit where Pena's saying to Jillian Hall, you know, you, you've just got to settle, just the first person you meet, just <laughs> get her pregnant, 
and then just settle down. <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter who it is. You just make do. As long as she can cook and she could, she has a vagina, then you're good. And then about eight minutes later, after having met, after having met, um, Anna Kendrick's character, Pena's like, well, do you know who she is? Have you run checks on her? Like, yeah. be careful. You know, maybe you should leave. If can you survive without her? If the answer is yes, then you should leave her immediately. And like, what are we doing? Like, Very mixed messages. Mixed messages. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he does not have a future career in marriage counselling. That's for sure. No. Well, Scientologists don't believe in any counselling whatsoever. Is he a Scientologist? No. Oh yes. Oh, yes. oh no. Twenty-three years and counting. <gasps> yep. How disappointing. I know. I'm always gutted when I find out another one's been <laughs> gone to the dark side. Be careful, they might be listening. Xenu might be listening to this. Xenu's not point. real. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> the flying Prove spaghetti it. monster or whatever Prove the fuck it, it is wow. they <laughs> worship. Isn't it isn't that the one where the, your soul lives in a volcano or something? <laughs> is it that religion? I have no idea. I genuinely don't know. I know all about auditing and all of that bollocks and the homophobia and people going missing. Yeah. Sea urchins. How <laughs> and how insane they get when you're effectively excommunicated. Yeah. Um and it sounds terrifying and horrible. Yeah, it does. It does. But you're right, it's always surprising when you like to some some it's, so, well, some people hear about it, like Giovanni Rabisi. I'm like, yeah. That, that makes that sense, makes... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't bet an eyelid. Yeah, but people who appear yeah. regular. John Travolta just doing yeah. Saturday Night Fever in, <laughs> in the lobby of Scientology. <laughs> I oh, could picture that. Yeah, I hope that's kind of how it works there. Yeah. You just, that, that's just his job, like mm-hmm. his role in the Church of Scientology. Is just ceremonial and, disco dancing every yeah. now and again. <laughs> just, just dancing <laughs> to the Bee Gees all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tom Cruise just jumping on the sofa. <laughs> all right, love your dancing, Judge Travolta. Well, that's headcanon now. That's how all Scientology <laughs> meetups go. I believe so. I've never been on one yet. <laughs> yeah, don't no. know. <laughs> it would be. Don't you think it'd be fascinating to just go to some sort of meet? The no. problem is, if you do, then you're locked in forever. They never I leave just, you alone. Yeah, yeah, I imagine they just hound you. I, I imagine so. Yeah, that's what. Try to I sell you books and stuff. Yeah, I heard like if you just put your phone number down once on a form, like they're ringing you forever. Oh god. <laughs> I well. People better worry next time they cross me because I know what list their <laughs> phone numbers are going on now that I have that nugget of information. Thank you. So as um, Michael Pena and Jake Gyllenhaal were talking about settling down, or Gyllenhaal setting down with yeah. Janet, Anna Kendrick's character, yep. we kind of get a bit of a time jump, I guess, because all of a sudden she's got a bump, which I assume is Wait, a baby. is she pregnant? Did I miss that? They she, get married. She, uh, she, she's really pregnant, isn't it? Michael Pena's wife gives oh. birth. She's pregnant. Oh. <laughs> Have you got face blindness for the female characters in this? Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on that. Somebody gets pregnant in this movie. We'll edit the rest of that out. Yeah, there's a baby that appears. <laughs> a baby appears out of the vagina, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't get to see that bit, thankfully. No. But I was the, where I was kind of leading was that we see a wedding happening because oh, you get a time yeah. jump and you get the. It definitely sweet... takes place over like what at least six months or so. I guess I so. Say. I guess so. Like probably look at the dates on the, the the camera footage and try and work that out. But I kind of started to ignore that after a while. Yeah. 
But you get a sweet choreographed wedding dance oh, to Sultan no. Pepper. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I put, well, apparently that, that dance was choreographed by the same person that choreographed the dance between Uma Thurman and John Travolta coming up again in Pulp Fiction. You know, like the, the they were just wiggling. Yeah. There was choreography, and and I, you would think that John Somebody Travolta got paid just... to choreograph. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! I'm in the wrong industry. And they also choreographed this one, which I think, I think I nearly died watching this scene. Yeah, I hurt myself just cringing. I think if if I go to a wedding and then someone's doing a choreograph, I think I'm just immediately walking out the door. Oh, yeah, no, that happened to me once. Yeah. I was at a wedding and I was like, oh, first dance. And I went and it was choreographed oh. and I, I spun <laughs> on my heel and walked straight back to the bar. <laughs> what did they, what were they dancing to? Oh, I, I literally can't remember. Oh. <laughs> it just makes you cringe, doesn't it? Yeah, it was horrendous. Yeah. So they do they do a little dance there. Mm-hmm. There's another deleted scene from the wedding where okay. Peña's doing an extended monologue about being bros and we're all bros together. <laughs> dudes and bros. Yeah, we're all dudes and bros. And now now Anna Kendrick, you're also a dude and a bro. Like yeah. we've got your back. Like we're a brotherhood. We all look after each other. Well some of that made it into the film, didn't it? Some of it did, yeah. A I, shortened I, just version. Think, I think it was a shortened version. Because right. the one on the deleted scene seemed to go on for twelve minutes. <laughs> There's twenty five minutes of deleted scenes on a blue oh, right now. Spanning okay. twelve chapters or twelve deleted scenes in total. But yes, so you get all of the wedding stuff. You get a bit more Grillo work in there. He's talking about someone taking a bullet for him. Okay. I guess he was in some kind of war and someone has taken a bullet for him. He gets very emotional about it. But it was some really good um, Grillo-style filmmaking. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You're altogether too happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, he does really well. He's a he's a good actor. He's he a is. really good he's actor. He's underrated. He's underrated and underused. And I love seeing him in action movies. I think yeah. he's, he's got that thing that you need to be an action star. Yeah. Um, and he's a really good actor. Like, he can really bring it. So I'd like to see him in more stuff. You should really watch Kingdom. I'll get to it at some point. I just, I'm a bit resistant with shows just because of the time commitment of them. I mean, it's it, over. I think there were four seasons in total. So it's not like... Something yeah. that goes on and on and on. It's American, so it's probably like 100 episodes. <laughs> he's, he's great in it anyway. Yeah. I'll get round to it at some point. Um, so the movie starts to heat up, doesn't it, as we, we get along? Like the yeah. crimes become more. Um, well, there are a couple of like brutal. real standout, um, quite shocking scenes, or scenes yeah. that shocked me. Anyway. Brutal. Um, the first one I can think of, obviously, beyond saving the children. Is the scene where they, um, where Mike and Brian? Brian and Mike. Brian and Mike. Sorry, said it the the wrong way around. (laughs) Brian and Mike, to give them their full titles, um, turn up at uh, the scene of a crime that's been, um, well, they get get the distress call saying, officer's in trouble. Officer's down. Yeah, and then they turn up at this crime scene. David Harbour's out front. Yeah. With a knife straight to the eye. Mm, somebsomebody saw Hellboy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only other person yeah. that saw Hellboy. <laughs> oh dear. Oh fuck David Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> um and then they, they kind of round the corner yeah. and this insanely beefy guy is basically pulverizing the the female rookie. <sighs> that is that was hard to watch. That was horrifying. Yeah. yeah it was it was hard to watch. And do you know what it was even kind of more disturbing is that he just 
puts his hands up and is just like, yeah, yeah he's so calm. He's so calm. It's like a, yeah, it's brutal. And she quits on yeah, the spot. Damn right. Yeah, absolutely. But it is brutal, that scene. And obviously, David Harbour's character, they say as well, he's not coming back, having lost half of his sight, presumably. Yeah, well, he just gets carted off in the ambulance with he's, a knife in his eyeball. Yeah, but like, still kind of barking at people. Like, he, yeah. did, he his character doesn't break, and I kind of love that. Yeah, no, he's just like, oh, I lost my vest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude. <laughs> got my vest. <laughs> there are bigger issues at no, play. I don't know, David Holliday got your eyeball. Like. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, the heartbreaking part was the rookie like i don't know if it's because the character is female i don't know if it's because she was so new to the job but something about that really hit me yeah like that was <laughs> terrible choice of words um, <laughs> but yeah that was really hard to watch yeah and you don't even see it happen you just kind of see the aftermath for the most part yeah you see you see it happened from behind it. yeah and then you do a close-up of her face oh man yeah and it and she's fucked up like the guy fucked her up and she, as we said she quits on the spot um and that you've got that scene and there's also the scene where they stumble upon a human trafficking den yeah. which also like some of the imagery and that was pretty hard hitting with just what 30 people in a room handcuffed and yep. on the floor behind a cage cage door um which which has repercussions because the who are the people with the guns? The the um, the, 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 the fast Latino drive. gangs. No, there. I guess Gang, everyone has gun, guns in this movie. Yeah. Um, no, that there's when after they come out of that house, mm -hmm. military police maybe or something. Oh or right, just yeah, yeah. Like FBI or something. I don't know. Like some sort of special forces. Yeah. I would assume they're like, oh, you just accidentally stumbled upon um, cartel human trafficking, and now you're in trouble. Yeah. Because they're going to want to kill you. Yep. Foreshadowing. Yeah. There's another deleted scene. Okay. Where they are driving around, and they drive down an alleyway, and they see their names graffitied on a wall with oh, the number shit. 187 next to it, which we all know means... Murder. It's the amount of times fuck is said. That's <laughs> <Scarface. laughs> No, 187. Um, that's code for murder, isn't it? Yeah. I thought it was a Samuel Jackson movie. No, well, it might be that too. But yeah, I know that and I don't know why. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It means murder. So they're not, and that was a deleted scene, but it tells you that there's a hit on them. And then they're, they're I kind delighted. Of, I kind of wish that had been included. Yeah, there's, do you know what? A lot of the deleted scenes were pretty good. I wonder why they chose to trim it as much as they did. Because I think, personally speaking, from what you've told me, there's a lot in the deleted scenes I would rather have seen than some of the, the chat in the car that we get. Yeah. Like, they could have trimmed some of that instead, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. There, there's some really good stuff. Yeah. There's some really good stuff that they deleted. Even if they could they could have made it 10 minutes longer, cut some of the quote-unquote banter. Yeah. Uh, and had more character stuff with, with other people. Yeah, and there's a lot that, that should have stayed in, I think. Interesting. I kind of wish I'd seen the deleted scenes now. Um, following on from that, the probably the gnarliest scene that I can remember was um, after all that's happened, they stumble upon a different premises home um, and they kind of keep going through the home and they can smell something and like it's knocking them sick. And then they stumble upon 
the room that looks like it's been used for ritualistic torture and murder en masse. I completely forgot about How that. How did scene. you forget about the pit of limbs? <laughs> the pit of limbs. The pit of limbs. Yeah, that's I wrote that down as well. Pit yeah, of, pit of limbs. And there was some pit of limbs would be such a good black metal band. Name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cradle um, of Filth side project. Pit of limbs. Open brackets plus a few decapitated heads. Close brackets. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Um. I don't what was going on there? Some sort of ritual, you say? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, tied to the cartel. They were just torturing people, basically. Oh, right. They were, you didn't see like a pentagram or something, candles. Well, there were candles and was stuff. It Chucky? There was, was um... Chucky. Was <laughs> Dumbola, give me the power, I beg of you. Yes. <laughs> Please put my head back on. It was Brad Dourif this whole time. <laughs> Brad Dourif did it. If there's ever a murder, it's always Brad Dourif that did it, whatever movie you're watching. And better check the dolls, make sure they're all not alive. Yeah, um, that was that was hard to watch as well. Yeah, not necessarily because of what you see, because I've watched some really fucked up shit in my time, and so I'm kind of hardened to that. It was more how well their reaction to it was acted out. Yeah, like the visceral reaction, kind of trying so hard not to vomit. Yeah, because of the stench and stuff, and that that really made it hit that hit me emotionally yeah. which is the correct response when you're yeah you know it, it, it kind of bothers me a little bit in movies when people just like, oh it's, just, it's a dead body like bad boys yeah. last week where we were talking about mike lowry and he's just oh i can smell a dead body like what's wrong with you marcus why are you getting <laughs> sick like no it's a dead body they yeah. fucking stink if you're used to that <laughs> you're the one with the problem honestly like if you smell a dead body it feels like your insides are outsides Blech. it's gross so it's the correct response and you really feel it. Like you said, yeah. their performances really sell it and you can almost mm-hmm. almost smell it yourself. Um, brutal. Like There's some really, really brutal stuff in this. Uh, do you know, I kept thinking about S. Craig Zahler movies and kind of the way that he shoots and he tries to do like super violent, uber violent um, scenes. Like you've got the, I'm not going to spoil the movie, but um, uh, Cowboy... <laughs> Cowboy Kurt Russell, not Tombstone. Bone Tomahawk. Bone, bone Tomahawk. That's it. There's, I, I didn't want to spoil the movie, but yeah, there's some brutal stuff happening in that. Oh my God, um, yeah. Have you seen Brawling Cell Block 99? No. Is that <laughs> Finn Spawn? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. I was talking about this the other day with my mum, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she, we were going through her, her, her like recorded movies that she's she's recorded. And Brawl on Cell Block 99 was on there. I was like, you've got to watch that. It's really Oh, cool. no. <laughs> You're going to love just it. Off. It's bru- I think she will like it, actually. Okay. But it's brutal. And dragged across concrete as another oh, one. Oh, yeah. You've well. been talking to me about that for ages. Yeah, I need to see that. It's a really good movie, but just unfortunately, Mel Gibson's in it. But let's not, maybe we'll talk about that one day. Let's not get into it now. Okay. But I was thinking about his movies as well, just the, the way that he tries to capture, like, it, 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 he doesn't want to focus. He wants to focus on the violence itself because that's yeah. the point. That's okay. it. Like yeah. you're meant to think, "Fuck, this mm-hmm. is horrible. This is brutal. This is this." You know, we've got to do like we have to deal with this sort of stuff, do we, on a day to day basis? If you're a, a, in the police force, so I thought that was really well done. Yeah, um, shocking. Like shocking. there are a few moments in this that were genuinely shocking. That kind of, I'm not going to say came out of left field, but. I'm, well, I suppose in some regard, they do yeah. kind of blindside you a little yeah. bit because that must be what it's like to be a cop. You don't know what 
cool you're going to get next. Yeah. You don't know which crimes you're going to have to deal with. It's yeah. It must be so, for the most part, unpredictable. Yeah. And I know this is like a really dramatised, like, um, I don't know what the word is, but exaggerated version of what Co- it must like be like. Concentrated. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Concentrated version. Um, so I know it's not necessarily indicative and we are seeing like a highlights reel of, you yeah. know, I'm sure the bulk of what they deal with is like traffic stops and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, jaywalking. Yeah. <laughs> We're seeing the the Instagram highlights reel yeah. of cop life in this. But even so, like, it felt like there was a real escalation that I thought was done quite well, despite yeah. the fact that it is a series of like largely unconnected, unconnected scenes. Yeah. It did feel like there was a natural kind of escalation to the events that we were seeing. And yeah. it did feel like quite tense and that it was like, shit, they've just found a pit of body parts. Yeah. What next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, um, it's nuts. It's crazy. Um, but you're right. It totally does escalate right up into the point where we get to the end of the movie where yeah. probably uh, I've already told you what I scored this on Letterboxd, which yeah. was three and a half. I feel like it was a three star movie until the end and maybe almost a four uh, you know okay. it was because i think it's super well done and the final third when having a shootout with the cartel i thought it was just superb i thought it was brilliant I yes it was done super well now i have some complaints though i have complaints too okay what is your complaints um some of my complaints are that i felt like that kind of final act was wrapped up too fast. I would have liked to have seen that um, extended just because, well, so let me preface this by saying that I think my expectations are affecting my opinion of that final act because the synopsis that I'd read uh, referenced it. So I'd been waiting the whole movie for this specific plot point. For the hit, Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm really pissed off that this synopsis that I read um, focused on that so much. That was like the whole thing yeah. that they've got um, a, a hit out on them. Yeah. And so I was really kind of confused that we were just like, oh, we're at a wedding now? What the fuck's happening? Yeah, I know. It's like an hour into the <laughs> yeah. movie. You're nudging me like, when's this Yeah. Like, is this, did I read the right movie? Or? Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm aware that some of my criticism is based on my expectation. Yeah. But yeah, so that's one. I felt like that could have been longer, yeah. a bit tense. So just I mean, it was very tense, but yeah. like, yeah, a bit more drawn out. It, it just felt like it was over too quickly and then we were at the end of the film already. Yeah. Like, as we said, there was an escalation. So I felt like we'd been building to that and yeah. then it was just like, it was over too fast. Okay. And my, my only other real complaint is they'd kind of shown themselves to be quite skilled police officers for the most part. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like they went into that a bit too overconfident and a bit too kind of blindly, really. Yeah. They weren't careful enough. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that situation could have been avoided. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have been as good a film, but... Well, it's interesting because I, I was thinking something along the same lines, I think, while, okay. while I was watching it and thinking, this is a bit silly. Why are you just running into this mm. situation? Because they get some kind of call, right? They, they, yeah. yeah. But it's it's uh, a fake. So they just, the, the baddies just want to get them in a kill box so mm-hmm. they can shoot them. But I kind of reconciled it in my brain thinking about it after having watched it and like, over the last few days thinking, and, and thinking back to the voiceover that Jake Gyllenhaal gives at the beginning of the movie, I'm a police officer, I will arrest you even if I don't believe in the law or whatever. So you just think at that point they, they're so singly focused 
I th- I think they've got a bit of a hero complex. I think that they want to be heroes. Yeah. There's another deleted scene when they're talking about having rescued the children from the fire. Mm-hmm. And Jake Gyllenhaal was like, do you feel like a hero? And Michael Peña's like, no, not really. I don't really feel any different. So I think that, So they're chasing that I think moment. so. Like you've got the scene where Gyllenhaal's doing some press-ups and looking at the city. And I, f- I for some reason, I thought of Batman. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. I, like he's watching over his city. Like I'm going to, I'm the great protector. I'm the hero you deserve. <laughs> um, so I feel like maybe there's a bit of hero complex in there and then after the events in during the movie where they're, they're rescuing kids and stopping crimes from happening maybe they're getting a bit too cocky maybe they're getting yeah. a bit too big for because they do kind of I would go as far as to say they just get lucky a number of times yeah. like it's not good detective work that gets them to these criminal yeah. you know masterminds yeah yeah. A lot of it is luck yeah. and right time, right place, yeah. or wrong time, yeah. wrong place, <laughs> but as the case may be. That's another example of a scene that I would like included in a movie because it mm. gives those characters a bit more depth. Yeah. Um, and maybe gives them a bit more motivation or clues you into why they're doing the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was that with the final. My biggest problem with the final scene is that nobody could, is any, like, is anyone doing target practice? Because. <laughs> How many bullets are fired at the two colours? They're in, a, the baddies are on a ledge. They have an elevated position, which apparently is the best position if you've seen The Rock. Um, they're in the kill box, which yep. is the position that they're in in The Rock. So it must be the best kill position. Um, but they just get shot in the hand or like their radio conveniently gets shattered or whatever. Yeah. And they sort of run into an apartment with a woman and a baby. And I was just thinking the whole time, like, get out of damage. Get out of the, the, (laughs) move away from the infant. But they do. Like ultimately, General's like, we've got to get out of here. Like, this is not safe. Mm -hmm. We've got to shoot our way out. And I love this. I thought this was brilliantly done. And I didn't have the thought about it. Should have been longer, I must admit. Okay. Which is unusual because when there's an action scene, I always want more action. Yeah. But I felt like it was fine. Maybe it would have been a bit better if it was longer, but what we got I thought was okay. I enjoyed the gun camera stuff when they're running away yeah, down that was the alleyway. It was really good. And I remember seeing it and thinking, I'm really glad we haven't seen this throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Because that would have got tired really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's that What's the, What's the? that movie with um, Charlotte Copley? Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry, right? <laughs> I think I made it about seven minutes throughout the film before like, I switched it off. Okay. I couldn't get through yeah. it. It was, too, it was just too much. I understand the appeal. I get the gimmicks. <laughs> But yeah, about 15 minutes in, I was just like, if I wanted to play a video game, I would have played a video game. Exactly. It's like, let's just play Medal of Honor instead yeah. and maybe win some crystals or something. What are you doing? Now? Is that what happens? No, you win medals, obviously. Medal of Honor. Play Medal of Honor and win crystals. <laughs> oh, a save point. Uh huh. Oh, as a health pack. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed the final scene. I feel like it wrapped it up well enough. There, I, were, there were a number of goofs, though. Well, it had, what, like, the gag, there's a gag reel that I don't know about. <laughs> no, no, not bloopers. Like someone um, like Michael Pena shat in Beijing and <laughs> coffee or something. <laughs> oh, no, not again. I'd have liked to see that character development. Um, no, there, there's a couple of things, but the one that kind of, you know I'm a stickler for continuity. Mm. There was one scene, um, obviously we're just going to spoil it, um, 
they where they're being shot at. Gyllenhaal's been shot. He's on the ground. Yeah. Michael Pena, like the gang is coming, is fast approaching, and then you see the reds and the blues. Yeah. Um, and the police kind of the the backup arrives just in time. Just in time. Um, I, although I did read something that there were some um, complaints about the fact that oh, just in, just in the nick of time, but a lot of people are saying like, well, why did they take so long to get there? Mm. But then somebody else theorised. Um, I wish I knew where I'd read this, but somebody theorised that the gang could have been placing like fake. Uh, calls to the police to tie them oh, up all night, like Fouché and Bad Boys. Yeah, yeah. which could have, which absolutely makes sense. Um, but yeah, so there's that scene where they they approach in the car, and then from the other side, also approach in a different car and kind of like box in the gang. Yeah. But then when the gang are being shot, the police car on the other side of them is not there. Ah. Which makes sense because cops wouldn't have done that. The potential for crossfire. Yeah. Never crossed the street. <laughs> never, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the potential for absolute disaster there. Yeah. It's been astronomical. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so that car is just not there anymore yeah. during that scene. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Didn't notice that at all. I think I was just more focused on, ah, oh, this is Grillo's Yeah. <laughs> to the rescue always yeah um it's a it's a really minor complaint okay so yeah so we're talking about the end scene mm -hmm. so i'll get into did you read anything about alternative ending um i read that they were both originally supposed to die yeah that's it okay so, that's um, <laughs> so yes i did <laughs> yeah i watched the alternative ending and it's just at the funeral and then you see a picture of jake gyllenhaal and it pans over and you see a picture of michael pena telling you they both died i would have much preferred that ending because oh, yeah agreed. obviously end of watch is used as a phrase to mm. denote end of your shift yeah but they also use the term for when an officer dies okay um on is duty as well end of watch yeah right, that's what okay. they that's what they say um so obviously dual meaning in that regard yeah. and when you see john hogg get shot yeah and then you see michael pinney get shot i was just like well he's definitely dead yeah <laughs> there's like no question Nobody would survive that. But then there was this thing in the back of my mind, because obviously you're supposed to, at that moment, assume that they've both died. Yeah. But then I I was just like, well, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Hart's alive. Okay. It was interesting because it's been a while since I watched this movie and I didn't remember how it ended. Okay. And as they were building up to the climax of the movie, I was thinking, oh, yeah, they both die, don't they? I'd have preferred that. It would have been yeah. more unexpected. But maybe that's why I, I thought that, because that, to me, would have been the stronger ending. The more impactful ending, The anyway. more impactful, but the more in keeping as well. Like, yeah. they have that conversation when Michael Pena's saying, you know, if you die on duty, Jake Gyllenhaal, I will look after your child. I will, you know, help raise that kid. And I hope you do the same for me. It's the same and then if stuff. they both die, it's like, But oh, if they both die, got punch. exactly. <laughs> so it just would have been more in keeping with, you know, yeah. what are these people given up by being a police, by being police officers? You know, what yeah. are the repercussions of, um, on the family uh, of, the, of the cops? So I think that would have been a stronger ending for sure. It did feel yeah. a bit like, oh, we've got to, we can't kill them both. We've got to leave on just somewhat a high note. Do you know what it felt like? Hollywood. Bit of a like cop a... out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is much better than cop out. <laughs> Way better than cop out. Imagine if Kevin Smith had directed this. <laughs> Very different film. Imagine if Bruce Willis was in this. <laughs> 
Do you know uh, what? Yeah, I would want? I okay. <laughs> I would maybe put him as the Frank. I, I would never ever sacrifice Frank Grillo. But if <laughs> but Frank Grillo didn't exist, if he hadn't been available, I would say put Bruce Willis as the captain, the one yeah. old captain. Maybe he's John McClane. Maybe he's John <gasps> McClane's. We've just written a better Die Hard movie <laughs> than the last two Die Hard movies were. It's not that difficult. No, it's not. Um, yeah. So that's it. That takes us up to the end of the movie. Yep. So it's not what you expected. Not at all, but I had very limited knowledge and had also confused it with a different, completely separate You thought it was the 9-11 one, yeah. (laughs) Up until the day that we watched it, I was confused, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm a big dumb dummy, apparently. Um, So what did you reckon overall? Overall, I gave it a three out of five. Same as Bad Boys. Yeah. Okay. Which... Now that you've just said that, feels <laughs> no, ludicrous. It's, honestly, it's, it's such a trap to get into comparing movies. Yeah. Around. And that's why a lot of my scores change because I'm like, oh, hang on. Right, I gave yeah. The Dark Knight a five. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like Mac and Moose, like whatever. Yeah, it's difficult. You can't really get into comparisons. But it is interesting. Yeah. I think, I think the three stars is harsh. I will admit that. I think I've maybe scored it a little bit harshly and that's perhaps based on my expectations of it. And I suspect it would probably go up a half a star if I were to watch it again, knowing what I was in for. Yeah. Um, Which is maybe kind of a mean way to score films based on a false synopsis. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I I think it's a really, really good, solid thriller. I think with some better directorial choices... Or perhaps just a better director. Yeah. I think it could have been an excellent film. Which is what I feel about Training Day, because the, okay. it's a really good movie, um, really well-written movie. I wonder how much of that was found with the the, the actors, though. Mm-hmm. Denzel and, and Ethan Hawke just slay it. And yeah. Fucking brilliant. But it's directed by Anton Fuqua, so you've got a really talented director, but also like a good writer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe he's one of these, you know, just hand the script over to somebody yeah. a bit more no, Dave, talented. Dave, you can't direct this one. We all saw Suicide Squad. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> no toys for you. Yeah. Yeah, I um I did. I enjoyed it. I think it I think it is a really, really good, solid movie. Um some of the fan footage stuff started to grey after a while. And I'm gonna be honest and maybe show my politics what like wear my politics on my sleeve a little bit oh so. you're a lefty aren't you <laughs> oh no you know someone I... right wing was listening to this and they're getting <laughs> to this point and they're gonna switch off good fuck off we don't want you listening no i was all i was gonna say i don't was... <laughs> i don't mean that <laughs> talking about mixed messages um all i was gonna say was i think the bulk of the police force are probably very admirable yeah i don't think they're painted in 100% the best light in this film because some of them seem to be like not necessarily great people yeah despite the fact that they're doing a noble job yeah which i enjoyed yeah because realistic i think kind of p- painting them all as like bland heroes would have really left a sour taste in my mouth yeah. i think but because of all the shit that we keep seeing in the news about quote unquote the bad apples yeah um, I'm a little bit resistant to anything that sort of seems very pro-police. And a lot of Aya's work, actually, particularly the, the stuff he's written, is quite cop-heavy and in their favour. Yeah, he he likes that genre because 
there's a natural drama to it, I guess, a yeah. natural threat. Which I completely understand. And yeah. he's right, there is. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even saying that any of my criticisms are valid, but I just think anything that sort of champions the police force, given what we read day yeah. to day about them, you know, uh, wielding their power incorrectly, yeah. just... Uh, it turns me off a little bit, yes. which is which is maybe shitty on my part because no. there are so many of them who are doing excellent, necessary work. It's a tricky subject. Yeah, it's a it's it's like the greyest thing you could probably talk about because you have got obviously people that are assholes that are in a police force, and you've got really good people that are in a police force. Mm-hmm. Some people are doing good. Because they want to do good. Some people are doing good accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a lot of people, there are a lot of people that just want the power. And it's the same thing with, with politicians. You know, I feel like if you want to be a politician, then you probably shouldn't be a politician. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel the same way about police force. And another reason why I think that deleted scene where they're talking about helping the community is also interesting because yeah. I don't think the police work should just be focused on stopping crime from happening. I think it should also be focused on preventing crime yeah. happening. Prophylactic. And and a lot of, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of that is in peop in ideologies, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously we hear a lot about um racism in police in the police force and targeted attacks mm-hmm. and that's a really real problem. So it is difficult to root for the police sometimes, yeah. isn't it? But I'm not, and I totally agree with that. Yeah, and I'm not saying that every film about the police force has to show both sides no. of that coin. Like that wouldn't that would get that would wear thin. Well, sometimes you've just got to have a cop cut in the blue wire. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they're fun movies to watch. Yeah, but something like this that is meant to be quote unquote realistic Mm -hmm. then i think you need those great characters and they did have them in there maybe they could have gone further with it yeah i would have preferred that i think yeah um but it is tricky you know they are they are very much this film is very much on the side of the police force yeah there's no it's not gray in that respect like but it's honest and saying you know not everyone's great Mm -hmm. but you know, we need the police kind of thing. And I agree with that. Yeah. You know, there's been a couple of times when I've needed the police and they've helped me out. absolutely. Yeah. When people say defund the police, I think they misunderstand and think it means do away with the police, which is not the same thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and would never advocate for the abolishment of the police force. I think, like you say, they're very necessary. Yeah. But the the trick is is in trying to basically just get rid of any form of prejudice, right? Mm -hmm. In any form. But it's tricky, isn't it? It is. This got deep. We're not going to solve it, are we? I know. Right. This got unexpectedly deep. Can we do some more mob gags or something? (laughs) Um, Well, next week's going to be a bit more comedy focused. Is it? Yeah. Why is that? Because we're covering the guard. Oh, that's a funny one, isn't it? It's one of my favourites. Yeah. I'm very excited. It's my favourite Irish cop movie. (laughs) Name another. Name a second. Let's leave it there, shall we? Let's pick this up next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice and come and shoot the shit with us on social media. All the links are in the description.